Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are on episode 111. It's the uh, trifecta of ones, 111. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. We have, um, at least here in the U.S., we just wrapped up Thanksgiving recently. We are headed towards Christmas at the end of the year, wrapping up this year. Hope you've had a good year. Hope it's been good for you. Hope you're, you're starting to make some plans for next year. What are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish? How are you going to move your speaking business forward? Let us know. Let us know what your plans are for next year. Hey, also, maybe it's just a little kick in the pants and a little uh, help with building your speaking business in the new year and finishing this year strong. We would love for you to register for one of our upcoming free workshops. We do these just about every single week. They're online. They're totally free. You can join us from anywhere. You, uh, you can wear your pajama pants. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. So come join us. You can register by going over to freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. And uh, that way you can come hang out with us. We would love, love, love for you to uh, join us where we can give you some actionable content and strategies and plans on how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So again, whether you're brand new or you've been doing this for a little while, uh, we're going to walk you through a system on how to find and book speaking engagements. So come join us again, freespeakerworkshop.com. All right. So for today, we're going to be talking all about testimonials. This is one thing that's really, really important for speakers to have, and I can really make a big difference when booking speaking gigs. So let's get right into it. Here you go. Enjoy. All right, boys and girls. So today we're going to be talking all about testimonials, the importance of testimonials, why you need them, what makes a good one, who do you get them from, how do you get them, what kind of format do you need them in, what else are we going to talk about, what do, what do you do with them, like even once you have them, some of you may be like, I, I got them, now what? So we're going to be digging into all of that. But let's start by talking about, first of all, like why do you even need testimonials? Well, testimonials provide credibility. They provide that that social proof. And I mean, think about it like when the, the roles are reversed and you're looking at making a, a purchase of some kind. So it could be you're buying a product or you're hiring some type of service or you're going to a restaurant or on a vacation or staying at a hotel. If you're anything like me, one of the first things that I always like to do is I like to look for reviews. And so I'm looking for feedback. I'm looking for insights on that product or service that will give me confidence with moving forward. So before I buy some type of product, oftentimes, I will go on Amazon just to read product reviews about that. I will, before going to a restaurant, uh, oftentimes I'll go to Yelp and look up reviews on a certain restaurant. Uh, before going to some place I've never been, like a hotel or some type of property, uh, a lot of times I'll go on TripAdvisor and look up there. And so good, strong testimonials or reviews can really validate your decision because someone took the risk before you. And so consider this in the role of the decision maker who is considering hiring you. Yes, they want a good speaker, but what else do they want? They, they want a speaker that's easy to work with. They want a speaker that won't embarrass them. They want a speaker who will make them look good. So they will look at testimonials to get a sense if you would be that kind of speaker. So the important thing here 
is that speakers absolutely need testimonials. You need, you need, you need, you gotta have testimonials because again, it makes the buying decision easier for the client. So now let's talk about a little bit about what makes a good testimonial. So I think that there are two key pieces that really make a, a good testimonial, that all good testimonials really need. Uh, details and context. So a generic testimonial like, uh, Grant was a good speaker for our event. Well, that doesn't really tell me anything, right? What we really need though is we need some more details. We need some more context that would give it, give us more understanding of what made Grant a good speaker. When was Grant speaking? What did he talk about? So what would be a stronger would be something like, uh, Grant was the opening keynote for our state conference with over a thousand attendees. His talk was engaging, actionable, and entertaining, and he was great to work with behind the scenes. We would definitely recommend Grant for other organizations. What's the difference? Details and context. The first one is just kind of, well, it was good, but that doesn't tell me anything. The second one has more details, has more context, has more information that helps the potential client or potential decision maker to know more about you as a speaker. So again, let's go back to earlier when we were talking about looking up reviews on, on Amazon or Yelp or TripAdvisor. So if you read something like, hey, this product was really good, or we like the food at this restaurant, or this hotel was nice, that doesn't tell you anything. What you really need is you you need more details. You need more context. So fill in the gaps so that we know, like, why was the product good? What made it good? What did you order at the restaurant that was so good? What was the environment at the restaurant like? What made the hotel nice? What did you like about it? Would you go back there? The more details that you can have in a testimonial, the better the testimonial will be. Now, once we know kind of why they matter and, and what makes a good testimonial, let's talk real quick about who you should actually get testimonials from. So as a speaker, you really want to be getting testimonials from two different types of people. One would be the, the client that hired you and two would be audience members. So the client that hired you and audience members. Now the clients and the audience are there two different groups. They have distinct and different needs. So the client is looking for one thing. They're looking for, they want you to be easy to work with. They want you to not embarrass them. Those are really two of the key things that a client is looking for. Whereas the audience, they don't really care if you are easy to work with behind the scenes. So that doesn't really make any difference. It doesn't really affect them in any way. What an audience is looking for, they want you to be entertaining. They want you to be interesting. They want you to be engaging. They just want you to be a really good speaker. Uh, and so they're different needs. And so really you should be getting testimonials from both. Now, how do you actually get these testimonials and kind of in, in what format should you get them? Well, testimonials can come in a lot of different formats. So they could come in the form of of an email that you receive from a client or an audience member who, who saw you speak, or uh, it could come in the form of a tweet or uh, on Twitter or a post on Facebook from someone who saw you speak. It could come in the form of a recommendation letter. You could also capture testimonials on videos, and, and I'll explain more about that in just a second. So sometimes you're going to get testimonials that are unsolicited. People just send you their feedback, which is great, but generally you have to ask for it. Now, why is this? Because most people just don't think about it or they don't realize that you need testimonials. So let's go back to an, an earlier example here about reading reviews before buying a product or staying at a hotel. So let's just say that you go to a restaurant and you have this amazing experience. The service is great. The environment, the ambiance is awesome. The food is perfect. I mean, even if you have this great experience, personally, my first reaction is not to 
I need to go on Yelp and leave a, a review for this. I need to tell other people about this place. I, I just personally, I just don't think of that. And I don't think most people do either. Now, if we had this amazing experience at this restaurant, we're you know, on the way out, we're bragging to the manager or the owner about how amazing the restaurant is. And they ask us if we would mind leaving a review on Yelp. I would have no problem at all doing that. It wouldn't feel weird or awkward because I was just telling them. I Just a second ago, I was just telling them how great my experience was. And so that's the same idea idea of what you want to do as a speaker. Now, how does this actually play out practically? Okay, let me give you some examples. Let's say that you just finished speaking and the client comes up to you backstage and they're saying, hey, you were awesome. Everyone loved you. Your talk was perfect. Thank you so much. This was great. I would do a few things with that. I would reply something along the lines of, oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate the kind words. I'm so glad that this is what you're looking for. Would you mind if I use some of those things that you just said as part of a testimonial? I can put something together and send it over to you to approve before using And so this works really well because they don't have to do any work. They just said some nice things and now you're going to write down those nice things and just go back and double check with them. That quote is accurate. So that can work as well. Another option would be that you could use your phone, ask if you could just record them saying some of those things on video. So, you know, we just had Grant speak at our event. He did awesome. The audience loved him, yada, yada, yada. And one of the reasons that this can work well is that video is really powerful because it is clearly in their words. It is literally directly from the horse's mouth. Uh, So if you're going to ask for a video, though, you want to make sure that you do it when the timing is right. So, for example, if you just came off stage, the client said some nice things to you backstage, but they're getting ready to go on stage themselves to transition everyone to someone else or to wrap something up, or if they're clearly busy, then just wait and follow up with them later when the timing is better. So video is really, really powerful and effective. Sometimes you may even consider asking asking for a recommendation letter. I've personally, I found recommendation letters to be really, really powerful because it's generally on a client's letterhead, which makes it feel more official and more important. Generally, it's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit more in depth than what a couple sentence testimonial might be. But at the same time, recommendation letters can be a little bit harder to get from a client because it often, it just requires more of their time. It's a bigger commitment. So they've got to write up a full letter. Uh, they've got to figure out how to get it on their letterhead. They've got to either mail it to you or they've got to save it digitally and send it to you. There's just more steps involved with getting an actual recommendation letter. Now you can do these same things that we talk about with audience members as well. So if you get a really good uh, verbal testimonial that someone just comes up and just comments on how great the talk was or how much they enjoyed it or what they learned or how it impacted them in some way. You can ask them right then if it would be okay if if you could use their words as a testimonial. You could get their email address to follow up with them just to make sure, again, that, that, that you had the permission to do that. Again, another idea would just be to pull out your phone and to video it right then. And so it doesn't have to be some fancy high quality video shoot. You're really, you know, if you have, you know, an iPhone or some type of smartphone, typically the the cameras on those are really, really good. Now, if you're going to record a testimonial, make sure you do it, uh, you hold your camera horizontally, not vertically. So hold it horizontally uh, and that'll make a, a better video. Now, again, remember the two important pieces here to a good testimonial are going to be, remember what we talked about, details and context. So most clients and audience members who give you a testimonial on the spot will not give you any details or context because they already have them. They were at the event. They just heard your talk. They have the details and context. But to an outside person reading the testimonial, they would not have those things. 
So what you would want to do would be to take their words and add some type of additional details and context to them. So it's very important, though, uh, that if you do that, that if you're modifying or adding those details and context in any way, that you do go back to that client or audience member and make sure that what you have is accurate. So it may also be helpful to explain to them like why you need some additional details and context so that their testimonial makes more sense to someone on the outside. So at this point, let's assume that you've got some testimonials. What do you do with them? Well, again, the primary point of testimonials is to get more speaking gigs or to sell more products or services. I mean, again, that's that's the goal of all of this. So I personally, I typically use uh, testimonials in a few different ways. So one, the obvious way is by putting them on your website. So you can use uh, testimonials in a variety of ways on your site. So you can put them on the homepage. You can put them down you know, the left or right side of your site in some type of column. In the past, I've, I've done an entire testimonials page on my site. If you have uh, testimonials specific to certain talks that you give, you could put uh, that testimonial by the description of that talk. I'm personally, I'm of the opinion that you can never have too many testimonials because the more you have, the more confident typically people will feel when booking you. So first way I use them is again, just plastering them all over my site. The second thing I would do with testimonials is I've used testimonials uh, to send to potential clients. So for example, here's how I would do this. Uh, Let's say I'm, I'm talking with a potential client who's interested in having me come speak at their insurance agents conference in Texas. What I would immediately do is I would go through all of my testimonials, which I I personally just keep in a folder in Dropbox, and I look for any testimonials that either one, were me speaking to a group of insurance agents, the audience that this potential client would have me speak to, or two, that took place in Texas. And the reason is, is that again, I'm, I'm helping to provide some of this context, some more of these details of of this, they are looking for something specific and I have done something similar to what it is that they are looking for. So again, let's go back to, to if you are reading restaurant reviews on Yelp, okay? Which review is going to be more powerful to you? One that says, you know, this restaurant is great. The food is really good. Or one that, let's say prior to going to the restaurant, you look up on the menu, you find an item that looks good to you, and then you you look up reviews and you find one that's the review is specific to that menu item that you are looking at and it goes into details about it and it includes a picture of it. Like that would give you so much more confidence in going to that restaurant and ordering that menu item because that review was more relatable to specifically what it is that you are looking for. So again, reading a a generic testimonial saying you're a good speaker is fine, but what's more powerful would be someone to read a testimonial that was much more specific to the event that they were considering hiring you for. So oftentimes... Again, I will just go through my database of testimonials and try to find some that would be specific to that particular client. So where they're located, the type of audience that I would be speaking to, when during the conference I would be speaking, anything that could be relatable to the event that they are considering hiring me for. I'm just trying to show here's something similar that I did in a similar environment, talking about a similar topic to a similar audience, and here's what that specific group had to say. So that's really what we're going for here. Now, let me say one final thing about testimonials here, okay? Maybe you're listening to this and maybe you're you're fairly new to speaking. You only have a few testimonials, maybe none at all. One of the things that, that maybe you've heard me say before is to work with what you've got and improve as you go. Work with what you've got and improve as you go. Meaning, you may just start off with, with two or three testimonials, okay? That's okay. That like 
Every speaker did that. Like, spoiler alert, there's no speaker that gets into speaking and immediately begins with hundreds of glowing testimonials. Like, it just doesn't work like that. So start with what you've got and improve as you go. But when it comes to testimonials, you really want to be intentional. You really want to be proactive in identifying them and finding them and cultivating them and making sure that you're using them to promote to get additional speaking gigs. All right, there you go. There's uh, some thoughts about testimonials and the importance of them, how to get them, what to do with them. Hope that was helpful to you. Hey, if you have a question that you'd like to have answered on an upcoming episode, you definitely want to stop by thespeakerlab.com and uh, go over to the Ask Grant tab right at the top there. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Go over to Ask Grant. Let me know what your question is. Preferably, leave us a voicemail question, and uh, that way we can try to answer that on an upcoming episode of the show. All right, that wraps up today's episode, episode 111. We'll catch you next time, my friend. You're awesome. 